Podcast, counting down the days to Festivus. Yeah, <laughs> it is the twenty third, right? Yeah. Okay. The day before Sorry. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Right? It's the, It'll be the this Saturday. Well, yeah. yeah. It what? It's Saturday. Yeah. Almost there. Holy moly! That's it's yeah. rough. <laughs> huh. Well, I know well. you. It's not bothering you. You won't do your Festivus shopping until Friday, <laughs> Friday night. So hey. it'll be Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, down at the Dixie Mart. I get it. I get up. What you got for Festivus here, guys? <laughs> you know, Bilby get is really weird. I used to when I got up early when you and I were younger men doing an active five day a week morning show and mm. appearances every other weekend. Yeah, uh, we got up early Monday through Friday, and Monday yeah. being two forty five to three o'clock yeah. in the morning. That's early, yeah. no matter how you slice it. It's and, abnormally early. I'll just yeah, say it's, it. Yeah, nothing makes it right. What happens though is at night, you look at the clock at night and you think, if I was in bed asleep right now, I would get five hours of sleep. That's right. You, you learned that math. And it takes and, a long time to break you think that. that way because the station will book events which yeah. you have to beat at during yeah. the week. And your family will do things they expect you to be part of during the week. And so. In order to get eight hours of sleep, you've got to be in the bed by roughly eight o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Roll I, your eyes. That's seven, not normal. Seven yeah. or eight at night. I mean, 7 p.m. Yeah. actually. And, yeah. and think about it. Yeah. I had children that were all in their very <laughs> active years during that time. Brett, Hannah was my youngest at like three when we started the show. But I was doing yeah. mornings. I've been doing mornings for 10 years before that. And when you actually start looking at this and you have kids, it's like. Their world, you know, literally doesn't end at eight o'clock at night no. on a Thursday night. You no. play till, you know, you start a seven o'clock game. It's going to be done by eight 30. Granted, eight 30 is fine for kids. They get home, get in, showered and in bed by nine or so. It's a little late for a kid, but not bad. Right. Yeah. But for their father who has to get up and few, it's bad and nothing makes it good. Right. Anyhow, it's the one thing that people don't understand. And, and by the way, I don't know what morning show you listen to during your week, but that's what they do. They get up that early, depending on where they live. Yeah. And, and I always tended to live outside of the market. There was two reasons. One was ego. Um, and because if you have a hit show on the radio, you sometimes can lose yourself in it. Mm. And it's, it was better for me to not have that. It, yeah. I know that sounds weird, but I just, it's kind of like yeah. the reason I don't go to Vegas, you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't want to mess with that because yeah. I know that's going to end badly for Dave. So yeah, I always lived just, a ways away. Yeah. Me. Otherwise, you 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 can't go anywhere unless somebody's 
you sit down to dinner with your wife. Okay, they got the kids are all everywhere else. Yeah. We finally got an evening to ourselves. You sit down someplace, and there is not a constant stream, but there's person yeah. after person. Yep. Hey, aren't you so and so? Yeah. Hey, Ask aren't you so and so? It's like so better to not yeah. do that. And I like yeah. and the thing is, then you realize radio is on the bottom level of the totem pole of entertainment. I mean, yeah. we're like one step above minds. And I'm said, yes, I said minds because I wish they would all blow up, but we're one step above them. And sometimes it, depending on who you're talking about below clowns, that's yeah. how low we are on the entertainment totem pole. Yeah. So I never get that. And there was one guy that I knew and I'm, um, I don't like to say Troy Hayes, name like this because he's had a lot of ill health stuff lately, but uh, Troy Hayes was a uh, guy doing a morning show. He did the Tanner and Troy, the TNT morning express and gotcha. with Steve, with Jeff Tanner. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Tanner was a real interesting cat and, um, sad to see him pass, but he was an up and down fella. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> he had an alcohol problem that used to just own me because I was sober and had been sober for a few years when I first met him. And you know, when you're the, when you're the, um, outspoken recovering alcoholic yeah, and other people around you, you know, because you, you don't, you may try to make them feel at ease, you know, by not making a big deal out of it because, you know, they drink and that's fine. If it's not their problem, it's not their problem. And I will tell you, here's how you know if you're an alcoholic. If you can sit there and have a margarita at a Mexican restaurant and walk away with half of it still in the glass, okay, you're not an alcoholic. Yeah. Because I watched people do that and I was like, how do you do, what do you, why did you bother? You know? Yeah. And, yeah. Because an alcoholic goes, well, you better line up five or six of these because I yeah, got enough yeah. money to pay for that many, you know, because yeah. it's all about how much money do I have to drink? It's not about eating. And so on the other hand, if you show up for a medical procedure yes. and they can't do it because there's too much alcohol in your system, you might have a problem. Yes, you might. You might be an alcoholic, <laughs> a redneck alcoholic at that. But they would first time I met him, like I've been working for this company three days. And I'm like, oh, by the way. The morning guy has an alcohol problem. Maybe you can help him. And oh, how about take him to lunch? And I'm like, oh. I don't even know where the bathroom is. And you're already telling me personal stories about this guy. <laughs> All right, fine. So I, I take him out. Where do you want to go? You know, <laughs> Subway. I don't care. Yeah. And I and it's like, and then I have to listen to the biggest ego story I've heard in my life. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, my. Because it's a full-blown alcoholic who is yeah. actually a functioning alky. Oh, they're fun. Holy <laughs> moly, they're fun. Because there a lot of them are most are type A personalities. That's why if you mm. get a sober, an alcoholic who becomes sober, you really can end up with somebody who's a great employee it, because yeah. they've put that life behind them. Now they actually are, they're no longer the potential of what they could be. If they just stop drinking, they are that person. Right. And, yeah. and Jeff, God bless him. He was always the guy with so much potential. You know, it was yeah. just, I finally said at one point, yeah, this is it. it you, after 40, it's not about what you could do when you grow up. You're, you have grown yeah. up. 40 is adulthood. You know, you, yeah. and so, and, and nice guy, you know, a yeah. good guy at times, yeah. um, but also not a good guy at times, mm. uh, as many of us are. Anyway, so I'm, uh, but Tanner <laughs> and Troy, as a morning show, were a hoot, and Lori Morgan um, was a part of the story, and uh, I'll skip all that just to say that Troy was the guy who, when I went to lunch with him one time, we stopped at the Zoe Charlie's. It's no longer, it's all torn down now. And, uh, they had a waiting list at lunch. Now that was common, you know, 20, 30 minute wait for lunch. Yeah. I don't do that. That's just not my thing. I'll, yeah. I will not wait. 
there's too many, you know, if you don't want to love me, I'll somebody else will. I'll go across the street with a place that's got the health rating in the mid, mid sixties instead, they, you know, they just didn't hide the roaches very good that day. That's right. They've all got them, you know. I but saw I a it, mouse. I get seated immediately, though. <laughs> I saw a mouse running on the Western Sizzlin Buffet in Oxford, and it got videotaped and put on Facebook, Mark. I'm not kidding. And I'm watching this, okay? I'm watching this videotape yeah. of this mouse on the buffet. People are videotaping it, putting it on Facebook, but all the while, people are pointing at the mouse and picking up food. with it. They're pointing at the mouse with a ladle. Yes. You know, yes. you got gravy. Hey, there's a mouse. There's a rat. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh, and he's getting gravy all over everything. <laughs> anyway, so this truck goes up to this place at O'Charlie's. And uh, Anthony got there. And he goes, well, is it a uh, 30-minute lunch if it's uh, Troy Hayes from the TNT Morning Express? <laughs> she, little girl looks at him like, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> the Big fish the meet, yep. Big fish meet little pond. I was so, oh. I was like, I'm not with him. I'm not the I'm not the tanner part. I'm his boss, actually. I kind of walked away. I'm like, oh my gosh. Holy for you. Holy that was oh nuts. Oh my gosh. But we you know, we've seen a few people like that in life, and it's just yeah. crazy how they get mm -hmm. it's it's funny to a degree. Um yeah, that and the is. older artist who still has the writer, you know, because they try to hide stuff. Remember when they try to hide the gay bolts thing? And yes. don't talk to him. Don't go backstage. Don't go in his room. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. we end up we end up meeting the guy, and he's like real engaging and really funny, and and you know wonderfully gay. Uh, I knew I, my gaydar was up on him yeah. big time, and I thought, well, no wonder they don't want us near him. Uh, but mm. you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the world yeah. has been yeah. taken over. When <laughs> the world has been taken over by liberalism to the point where, you know, many was it. Uh, Many are called, but few are chosen. Yeah. And you probably want to really look at that and think about what that means. Mm. Think about what it means to, where everybody's invited. Everybody's invited. Mm. But we tend to mess it up by voting for one person to go and represent all of us. You know, yeah. you go and you tell us how it is. We don't want to experience it for ourselves right. because yeah. we're too busy over here having orgies in, in the, wait a minute, gay orgies in Washington, <laughs> D.C. In a, in, a, in a room that gets filmed every time the Senate subcommittee meets. Yeah. Wow. Go figure. I, and we live in a society that is also, I think, getting sick of all that. Yeah. I think I, I think uh, the crazy has finally hit its limit. You know, we were introduced mm -hmm. to the concept of the Overton window a few years ago. You know, Glenn Beck made a big deal about the Overton window, wrote a book, you know, talking about the Overton window. And and that's uh, the concept of pushing a perspective, a, a, a certain perspective mm -hmm. beyond its acceptability point in order to right. find out where you can break, you know, where, okay, that's as far as they'll accept it, right? Mm -hmm. That's it. We can only go this far. So we need to dial it back some. I think what's happened is we've hit that point and people are, are starting to fight back. They're starting to raise an eyebrow and say, eh, no. No, I, I don't think so. No. And we've said something we've talked about several times is mm -hmm. how can Jewish people vote for Democrats? Right. Right. And I listened, was listening to uh, uh, Megan. Um, <laughs> you remember her? She was on Fox News. Her last name just went right out of my head. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she's talking with Barry Weiss, who used to work for the New York Times and left. And when she left, she said, you people have a Jew problem. You don't like <laughs> Jews. <You Wow>. know? <laughs> she basically <laughs> told him, you need to watch yourself. Right. Wow. You guys are anti-Semitic when she left. Wow. And she started her own thing called uh, uh, 
And again, I just went blank on the wow. name of the place. Anyway, the free press, free press is freepress.com. She's got this and she's, she's, she talked about how she now has Jewish friends. She's Jewish. Mm-hmm. She has Jewish friends who have voted Democrat, been lifelong Democrats, bragged about the stuff that they're doing for the world. They're doing great things. Those Republicans don't care about anything. And this stuff happened on Oct- in October in, uh, in Israel when Hamas came in and massacred all those people and kidnapped a bunch of them. And the next day, the Democrats didn't stand up and, you know, and do what they should mm-hmm. have done. All of a sudden, all those Jewish people who've been voting Democrat all these years, their eyebrows went up and they said, what? Yeah. And she's, she said, she quoted one of them saying, I've been a lifelong Democrat. I voted for their, for their causes. I've stood behind them. And why am I, I'm now a Republican. Right. What's going on here? Yep. It's starting to happen. It's Because they pushed it too far. Yeah. But they are what they are. They, they have been yeah. outed, I guess. I just. How does it, the thing is, Mark, you and I saw it for years. We saw it for oh, however yeah. many years yeah. that it's been going on. And it was, I, I think it's just more bold now. It's kind of like the whole, it goes back to the seatbelt law. I know that sounds like the weirdest thing of all, but I look at the seatbelt law as the moment when we, I mean, we, there was a coup that happened in 1912, 1913, polished it off with Kennedy in 63, but it was the seatbelt law in the early 80s when they had everything in line, the politicians did, and they decided you got to wear a seatbelt for your own good. It's for your own good. You know, you're not allowed to do something by choice. It's for your own good. You don't know better. You have to wear a seatbelt. If you're in a car, we're still going to allow you to ride a motorcycle without a helmet. Now they did change that, but you know, we're going to let you ride a motorcycle without a seatbelt because well, (laughs) you're already a a 500 pound (laughs) ballistic missile as it is. So, yeah, but yeah. if you're in a, in a car, you got to protect yourself by a seatbelt. And they did that, and they forced it down the throats of everyone. And the argument was, we will never, ma- we will never ever pull you over for not wearing a seatbelt. It will not be right. a reason for pulling you over, but it will be added on if you're not wearing one. And they said, any state that doesn't pass it, we're not going to ma- have highway matching funds available right. to you. Yeah, and that was the first big. I remember it back then. I said, you know what? you non-smokers, you're going to cause this crap to happen because they were the ones that actually cut the path, you know? And yeah. sure enough, the government forced us to do something for our own good. And ever since then, they've been pushing it from mm-hmm. cigarettes to seatbelts to large Cokes and things like that and taxing yeah. sodas and things. Look, man, I don't care what you do. It doesn't bother me. As long as it doesn't, as long as I don't have to do it, I really don't care. I yeah. mean, that's between you and your God and it has nothing to do with me. It's your personal liberty. Mm-hmm. I wear a seatbelt because... When I was driving a school bus as a kid, I learned to drive stick shift on a school bus and I didn't have power steering and I used, and I weighed 160 pounds soaking wet. So I used a seatbelt to hold myself in while I pulled that hard, huge steering wheel. And I got used to using a seatbelt. And so not having a seatbelt in the car is uncomfortable to me. I can't leave without it, but to make it a law, Mm -hmm. mm -mm, I got a problem with that. Yeah. And And we've gone from that to now click it or ticket. You see that on the on the yep. highway signs over the highways now. Remember, click it or ticket. Seatbelts right. are the law. And the thing was that was they sold. They told us that would never yeah. happen, and they broadcast. They they're proud of it, and yeah. it it's the same thing that these lying sacks of politicians do all the time. They lie, cheat, lie, cheat, and then want to hold us accountable. You find out that Joe Biden's got a daughter, or daughter-in-law, or somebody who doesn't pay taxes, and Ashley, she's doing yeah. fine. 
But yeah. if you don't do it, they actually will take your money. They will, if yeah. you don't pay, they will actually garnish your wages and they can take what 25%. Wow. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Nothing. Clearly the, the law that applies to us does not apply to the politically elite and their families. And they, I, not me, right? Isn't that what they say? I, something like that. This goes, I was thinking about that earlier this morning. I saw that blurb pop up again about Ashley uh, and, and her not paying all the, she, she owes so much money in taxes. Yeah. And I thought about, <clears throat> they, they referred to her as part of the Biden cram, crime family. And I thought, <laughs> well, this goes back to the Clinton crime family. And I mean, they said, wow. I don't know if they set the bar, but they were, I think they might have been the first example the public was aware of. Wow. Those guys <laughs> are into something. That Clinton family foundation sure yeah. is shady. And, you know, and wow. we found out that basically they were just money laundering and becoming filthy rich in the process. And now we have, it looks like, it looks like Joe Biden and his family decided, well, if the Clintons can do it, we can do it. And they're pretty much guilty of the same thing. And they're a member of this elite group who believes that they know better than us, that we're the idiots. And without them, we'd all just kind of, you know, walk off of a cliff somewhere. So we need them, you know, we need them. As I've said before, when you hear that, you hear that politician on the news say, well, clearly you don't understand how these things work. That's that's one of their phrases. In other words, you're an idiot. I'm the expert. Listen to me. So <laughs> that's what we're dealing with here. And the reason we're in such a bad state as a nation now. Run, run, Rudolph. Santa's got to make it to town. Santa, make him hurry. Tell him he can take the freeway down. Everyone loves taping their favorite TV shows so they can fast forward through the commercials. What if you could do the same thing with radio commercials? Now you can with Zippy, the audio fast forward player for radio. Just plug your radio into the Zippy unit and press the commercial skip button. In just a few moments, Zippy will automatically... Hey, what are you doing? No, stop. Wait a minute. Don't skip through this commercial. I have to tell you. Pick up the phone and order yours today. Run, run, Rudolph, cause I'm reeling like a merry-go-round. Yeah, the Mark and Mac Show podcast. Our goal was to break out and do a 2024 presidential uh, look. At, because when we started doing it, there were 357 uh, Republicans on the, you know, trying to get the nomination. You could have picked one a day for a year. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, they did start dropping pretty early. The thing is, some of them, uh, it's it's interesting how somebody from a congressperson that you've never heard of, that mm-hmm. might have been really good in Congress, but they represent a, a, re, a place in Texas that you've never been and probably will never go, or the the governor of a state that you'd have trouble finding on a map, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And in their world, they are big. In their sphere of influence, they're very big. But it doesn't work on a national level. You know, right. you don't just yeah. pop onto the national scene. Usually, you have to have a a little inroad to it. And we've seen a number of people do that. It doesn't mean they're not good people. They probably are wonderful people. Uh, but they just didn't didn't make a a showing. Right. Didn't yeah. make a good showing. And now they're, you know, I don't, now it's like, I wonder if you drop out of the race and you, you know, never ever got on the stage really and you throw your support behind a candidate, do they care? <laughs> 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 do they care? Well, well, you're, uh, you're delivering your state if you were. Yeah. 
Like if you were the big fish in that little pond, you're delivering your pond for that candy. Mr. Mayor, um, I would like to get those four people on the beach that are not drunk or cocaine dealers to vote for me. Would you go talk to them, please? All right, Mark. A plurality of voters believe Donald Trump would defeat Joe Biden. Yeah. Now, yeah. I'm guessing that these are voters that are in elementary school. <laughs> you're just, uh, you know, just spitballing well, here because that's news to me. There was an Economist YouGov survey, and that is what that survey found. The survey examined the race between Trump and Biden and found the two tied with 43% support each in a head-to-head matchup. When asked to reveal who they believed would win a presidential election between Trump and Biden, regardless of personal preference, Trump had the advantage as 43% said he'd win, compared to 35% who said Biden. Among registered voters, specifically, 44% believe Trump would win, compared to 37% who believe Biden would win. Independents are even more confident, giving Trump a 21-point advantage. 44% believe Trump would win, compared to 23% of independent voters who believe Biden would win. Another 33%, Eh, they're not sure. Republicans are also more confident than Trump that Trump would win. The Democrats are of Biden, 80% to 72% confidence. So the Democrats aren't even as confident that, that their candidate can beat the Republican <laughs> candidate. So that's where th- pe- people are seeing the obvious now on both sides of the of the conflict here. They're seeing the obvious that Biden can't win. Now the big question is, will Trump actually be the person Biden has to beat? That's that's the big right. question a lot of people have, which is why we're going through this process now. But wow. uh, he's every time they let him speak in person, every time he's on the news, every time there's a camera focused on him, it's it's obvious that he's not the guy that should be in the White House. And that's the the, the scary part for me. And you and I have actually said it. You you pointed out something so painfully obvious a while back mark because i actually in all honesty i said why is it that they think he should be there you know why is joe biden having to go to work every day this is a man who really should be at he should be sitting out at walmart waiting for the greeters job to open up you know and even then they would probably make him wear some kind of rfid tracking chip because he's going to get lost in the store. We're going to lose this old guy. So yeah. keep track of him, you know, teach him the Walmart song, you know, yeah. we're headed down the Walmart way and just let him stand out there. I don't think he'd be there. I think he'd be on the, on the beach in Delaware, eating ice cream and telling people lies about the his time in office. <laughs> That's what he'd yeah. be doing. <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, you look at it, it's just, this is a man who uh, does not have all of his faculties. Yeah. And I remember asking, you know, why is it that they really, you know, why? And why, first of all, why does he want to be there? And second of all, you know, why do they want him? And you think about it at that stage of life, you, you've done it. Stop. It's, you're mm-hmm. done already. And they won't do it. And that's, that bothers me, Mark. It, it didn't before. It's just I'm getting older now and I look at things and I have a different perspective on things that are important. And I'm going to be honest, when you're on the back nine, when you're, you've gone, you've played the back nine, you're in the clubhouse and now, there's somebody on the phone reminding you that it's dark outside and you don't see good. So they're going to send an Uber for you. Just yeah. wait outside and wait for the Uber to come get you. You're already in that stage of life. You're yeah. waiting for the Uber. And when the Uber gets you, they've got two choices. They can take you home or to the funeral home. Either one, mm. that's where you're headed. <laughs> and yet. I don't think he wanted to. If I recall correctly, 
when his name got floated the first time, I, I think he said, no, I don't think I'll be doing that. I think originally there was negative and associated mm-hmm. with it coming from him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's, yeah, I'm going to be your, I'm going to be running for president. And I, I, I've told you before and that mm-hmm. I think yeah. this is true that, uh, I think they looked at him. They looked at his crime family activity. Mm-hmm. They, they knew where all of the bodies were buried, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Clinton mm-hmm. toss back. And then they, they, uh, they sat him down and said, you're the only guy among this pack that we think can actually win this thing. Uh, and we're going to make you the president. And he, you don't want to, it doesn't matter whether you want to be or not. We know all the dirt. We know where everything, right. everything about you. And uh, unless you, unless you cooperate and do exactly as we say, then we're going to just let everybody know everything about you. And I think, I think that's exactly what happened, yeah. Mark. I think you're yeah. dead on. Yep. Uh, and again, it goes back to all the other old ones that are doing the same thing. And I just, mm-hmm. I, I not only have lost respect for them because I rarely have respect for politicians. And now I don't, I used to, yeah. when I was younger, I used to think that they've got some kind of special sauce dripped on them. But now I know that that special sauce is really not there. The, mm-hmm. After they, the only, you know, you watch people actually walk away. Trey Gowdy comes to mind, you know, where he he's in Congress. He does his job for you know a couple of terms, and realizes this is not this is not me. I'm I'm here. I did my job. I didn't do yeah. anything. It didn't make any impact. Now I'm going to go and do whatever. Yeah. I'll work at Fox once a week and make more than I made in Congress. In that kind of thing. Our, our founders knew that. Yes. They knew they. This is not a full time job. Right. Shouldn't we want. Be. Yeah, we want people who've got some background. They've proven that they, they know how to run things. You come up and you serve for a couple of years and you need to go back home and run things again. Right. I mean, that's what we want. That's And that was the idea. It wasn't supposed to be a lifelong career. It never was supposed to be that. But they've made it into that. They've guaranteed them themselves a lifelong income. And that's, that's and not just a lifelong income, but a lifelong path to massive wealth. <laughs> so that they are going to be set, their family is going to be set, their grandchildren are going to be set. <laughs> it's it's a path to becoming incredibly wealthy. We've seen it happen again and again and again. Not what our founders wanted to happen. Run, run, Rudolph, reeling like a merry-go-round. Northern Tool and Equipment. So daddy's little girl thinks she's going to prom tonight with some punk who calls himself Snake. Yeah, they grow up so fast. Well, not if I can help it, they don't. Okay, here's what you do. When that kid shows up, dad's going to be doing a few chores around the house. Huh? It doesn't matter the chore. What's important is that it requires the use of a 60cc gas-powered chainsaw and possibly a mask. I think it's showtime. He's here. Dad, I want you to meet. All right, let her rip. What's that, honey? Uh Oh, problem a little horsepower can't solve northern tool and equipment run run rudolph santa's gotta make it to town santa make him hurry tell him he can take the freeway down the uh, mark and mac extravaganza podcast pulling out of the station as we head into uh, the the really incredible week of festivus (laughs) you know Mark, there's a scene in the movie Office Christmas Party. Okay. And the movie came out in 2016, I think. And, oh, the girl who, the uh, 
the lesbian on SNL that played Hillary Clinton all the time. Yeah, yeah, I know um, what you're talking about. Her name yeah. is escaping me right now. Yeah. But um, anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but I'm going to have to pull it up because it's going to drive me crazy. You know yeah. how that is. So mm -hmm. uh, bear with me a minute. But anyway, um, she plays the human uh, resources uh, lady. Okay. And as the human resources person, she's constantly looking at things that are not right. You know, like you, you can't have your shirt. Uh, females can't have their shirt buttoned, uh, you right. know, yeah. unbuttoned too low or whatever. And Kate McKinnon. And, yeah. uh, and she plays it to the hilt, but she's wearing a sweater. Well, two things hit me. One, if your part in a movie is over before the last credit runs, and one of the last credits that run is your name, <laughs> your name runs after your part for the movie is already done. Because it happened to Matt Walsh in that movie. It was funny. Because he's in the opening scene with uh, Jason Bateman. And... Uh, he plays a lawyer and their, that their scene sets the tone for the movie. Right. But that's the only thing he's in. And so after it starts, the credits start rolling as Bateman is walking to work as the camera follows him going to work. <laughs> I see after his scene's already done, he's already, he's already gone home. If his family went to watch him in that movie, Mark, they're already in the lobby returning the popcorn because they didn't need it. And <laughs> the credits are, and there's his name. It's like, wow, didn't even make it to his name. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but in that movie, this sounds, this sounds like a four star movie on Amazon Prime. I, <laughs> see, I liked it. I thought it was really, funny. yeah, it's kind of foul. I mean, it's very harsh. Uh, the language is uh, <laughs> typical for a 2016 comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, and yeah. And yeah. Amazon Prime subscribers will get that. Oh, cause, okay. Because you look at the rating system, oh, four stars. And then you get about 10 minutes into it and go, were all these people rating this movie drunk? <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, I got it. Okay. Well, in this particular movie, it, it is, it, if you have a sense of humor and you can deal with language, then yeah. you'll like it. Yeah. It's got everything built into it. It really does. But okay. anyway, Kate McKinnon's <laughs> character is this, uh, this, uh, human resources person who's very liberal and all about everybody, uh, equality for everybody. Everyone's included inclusiveness, right? Yeah, and yeah. she's wearing a sweater that has Christmas, Hanukkah, Oh, the the, uh, Buddhist yeah. day of enlightenment, you know, right. um, uh, Kwanzaa, it's got yeah. all of them. And, and that's what they're talking about. You know, it's a very confusing and disturbing sweater. And she talks about it. everyone's included. And Rob Cordry, who has a, a nothing part in the movie says, really, everyone's included, huh? What about the Satanists? Where I don't see them on your sweater. You know, and it's, that's the whole thing. When you go through inclusiveness, yeah there's somebody is always going to be left out. You just have to be what you are. If you're a Christian and you celebrate Christmas, great. Do that. If you're a Jew, you celebrate Hanukkah. Great. Do that. If you're deluded mm -hmm. and believe Kwanzaa is actually a real thing, do that. I don't care. <laughs> do your own yeah, thing. Yeah. But the yeah. fact that I'm not included in a Kwanzaa celebration yeah. is, is not because I'm excluded from it. It's just not for me. Right. And it's not a personal exclusion at like that. It's not like, I am being pushed out. If you're not a Christian, why would you celebrate Christmas? I don't, I mean, I don't push yeah. you to celebrate it. That's the whole point. I, I really don't believe the idea that everybody has to think the same way I do, mm. but I don't want to think the way they do either at all. Yeah. And they're yeah. forcing it. And that's what her character is constantly forcing wow. this inclusion on everyone. Yeah. It's like, you're looking at this wrong. You're everybody. If you're, if you think that is inclusion, you're wrong. Hmm. It's not fair. Yeah. It's not equal treatment to treat Christmas equal to, you know, Kwanzaa. It's no, not it's fair not. in my eyes. And I don't think it's fair in the Kwanzaa people's eyes. 
I don't yeah. care who the, I don't know what the Harvard professor, liberal pinko commie that invented it. I mean, that's yeah. fine. It's just, you make up a holiday. We can make up the Mark and Mac day. Okay. Yeah. We, that's why we have fun with best of us yeah, because it's exactly. just funny. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah. You know what, Mark? Hey, Actually, happy Festivus, everyone! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Festivus is actually all inclusive without having yeah. to say it. Yeah, it is all inclusive without having to say it. It That's actually right. is. I, it hit me. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with anything. It is yeah. just Festivus. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Wow. I think I think uh, Brad Stein, our our friend, the comic, said it really well a few years ago, talking about how. But before DEI, diversity, uh, mm-hmm. equity, and inclusion, before that was a thing, yeah, he was talking about people making drawing these lines and being offended by by certain things because it didn't represent them, right? right. Well, that's exclusive. No, it's not because mm-hmm. there was a day when people wished each other Merry Christmas without reservation, didn't even think about it, right? And they people would see each other across the street. Hey, Merry Christmas, Mr. Jones. Merry Christmas, Mr. Lowenstein. Right. Mr. Lowenstein, clearly a Jewish man, would say Merry Christmas back to you. Right. Because Mr. Lowenstein understood. It's a good thing. Yeah. You know, it's a good thing. And it, it, there was no offense involved whatsoever. And that's sadly, it's I don't think it's gone, but I think people are afraid to <laughs> I think people are afraid to cross that line now and be as free about it as they used to because yeah. nowadays you, this time of the year, you go to the, you go down to the Dixie Mart. It might be different, but you go into Walmart or these other places and you wish some, the cashier a Merry Christmas. They probably will say happy holidays back to you instead. FYI, if you actually do have the privilege of shopping in a store called the Dixie Mart, you know where you are. <laughs> You know, it's not even an issue. I know exactly where I am. Yes, exactly. Right. And you do not get in the way of those guys that are on their way home from work. Oh, no. Oh, no. oh they're carrying a 24 pack and they will mow you down on the way to the register. Without, <laughs> without even thinking, twice. you know, That's when right. their kid is buckled into the back seat, but he's sitting on a case of bud, you know, <laughs> like, holy moly, dude. <laughs> All right. So anyway, yeah. Mark, last thing, Biden approval rating sinks again. I already thought it was below the ice cap. This yeah. guy's haven't, he has not done well in anything. And no, the fact no. that the Democrats actually act like he is a legitimate president and yeah. that he is a legitimate candidate. Mm-hmm. Actually, this should go to show you how bad it is. And if the American yeah. people do not wake up and go back to again, yeah. pencil, paper, one day voting, that's, yeah. that'll be the start. If everything else, Mark, everything you and I've talked about, every mm-hmm. idea we've had good and bad, it yeah. starts with a paper, pencil, one day voting. Yep. That's exactly. how everything in this country could be changed for the better. You might not get everything you'd like to see, but yeah. at least you know it is a majority thing. Yeah. Well, in, a, in a Monmouth University poll released yesterday, only a third of Americans gave President Biden a thumbs up on the job he's doing in the White House. He stands at 34% approval. 34%. 61% of people giving Biden a thumbs down on his job performance. Wow. The president's approval is at an all-time low since he took over the White House nearly three years ago. Americans questioned in the survey gave the president particularly low marks for his handling of immigration, 26% approval, and inflation, 28% approval. Patrick Murray, he's the director of the Monmouth University Polling Institute, 
said the Biden administration keeps touting their infrastructure investments and a host of positive economic indicators. Those data points may be factual, but most Americans are still smarting from higher prices caused by post-pandemic inflation. This seems to be what's driving public opinion. And he goes on to say there is political danger in pushing a message that basically tells people their take on their own situation is wrong. In other words, who are you going to believe me or your lion eyes? Wow. <laughs> That's what they're saying to the people and the people are going, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Murray spotlighted that there is certainly an element of partisanship in how people frame their own financial situation, which is based in part on who occupies the white house. But even a good chunk of Biden's democratic base wish he'd start paying more attention to their top priorities than he is now. Hmm. So, well, even the Democrats, as we said earlier, even the Democrats are unhappy with Joe Biden's performance. It's and, interesting that they talk about their um, the things they find you know important yeah. to face. And looking at a number of things that Joe Biden has done that hopefully they'll be reversed. A lot of things with regard to this green uh, energy garbage. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a little frightened about what could happen if things are not fixed fairly quickly here. I know yeah. that a number of uh, a number of timestamps that have been in play with the liberal agenda have been they've moved the gold the yardstick the or whatever you want to call it yeah, because faster, the world isn't ready faster. for it you know yeah, yeah. yeah. and yet yeah. you know I'm I'm not happy about a lot of these and like I told you I'm an alternative energy person but not for the yeah. reason that they are yeah. I just I I hate the lying I really I I don't like the lying but more than the lying mark is the fact that they just don't know I mean and really it's like let's educate okay I, I am in favor of all of these alternative energies. I really am. But if we're going to have a legitimate discussion, let's have a discussion about how it actually, how it can be better used. Is mm -hmm. there, you know, cause that saying it works now and it's great based on what your belief is. If what you believed was true, I'd be there with you today. Right. But yeah. you don't understand how it works. You know, and right. I'm not talking over anybody's head because I don't know. I study it in my right. off time. I study stuff that, to be honest with you, Mark, I don't think they taught it in school. Yeah, but if yeah. they did, I was sleeping or playing seven <laughs> up or whatever right. you do yeah, as a kid. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the, my you're talking point, about like Kamala Harris yes. talking about that roll up solar device. Right. You don't have to carry a big, oh, you know, no generators or anything. Really you know, and it, yeah, that kind of thing. Because she they're, doesn't know. They're selling something that doesn't exist. Is what and she doing. doesn't know. The thing yeah. is, is that, and she feels so passionate, so strongly about it. And I, that's why, that's why a lot of these liberals look at people like you and me and think, you guys are so lost. You're so wrong. Yeah. Because yeah. they truly believe this. And so what I want to do is say, hold on a minute. I know this is going to hurt because you're going to have to admit that you don't know everything, but stop for just a minute. Yeah. This is, do you believe this is true? Is, do you agree with her statement here? And when they say, yes, I do. You know what? I agree with it too. I love that idea. The thing is, it's not reality. Mm -hmm. the, that is Marty McFly and the hoverboard. They weren't really hidden. Okay. <laughs> I was just thinking George Jetson and the flying car. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Which, hey, they've got, you know what? We've got several, look up flying cars that are coming out right now. They're pretty yeah. exciting. Yeah. But, never, but the Muller Sky Car is not one of them. No. It's and, not. Uh, <laughs> and it never has been, actually. No. All right. It's funny you should mention this because yeah. there was a story I ran across this morning that I actually, I actually clipped the link to put in tomorrow's material. And 
It's from the New York Post. And here's, let me just read you some of it. Yeah. It goes right along with what we're talking about. The Biden administration made two virtue signaling proclamations at last week's COP28 conference in Dubai that it says will help save the planet from climate change. Yeah. The policies aren't likely to change the planet's temperature by even one-tenth of a degree, but they might just destroy the 21st century American industrial economy as we know it. First, Team Biden announced it will stop production of all new coal plants in the United States. This comes on the heels of President Biden's Environmental Protection Agency saying this year it would impose new power plant emission regulations that are virtually impossible for coal plants to comply with. The bottom line, no more coal, period. But the White House was just getting started. Vice President Kamala Harris trumpeted the next day new rules to sharply reduce methane from the oil and natural gas industry. The administration calls methane a super pollutant that it <laughs> wants to eliminate because it's many times more potent than carbon dioxide. But methane is effectively a hydrocarbon that comes from natural gas. By the way, it dissipates in the atmosphere. It breaks yeah. down. It's it's not what they say. Anyway, eliminating methane is a de facto ban on natural gas power plants. So there's coal and now there's natural gas. Here's the most sinister part of the story that no one in the Biden administration is telling you. Eradicating coal and natural gas plants will ravage America's electric power capacity. These regulations will cause rolling blackouts and brownouts across the country, much like we've already seen in California, America's forerunner of radical anti-fossil fuel policies. The lights will go out intermittently and home heating in the winter and air conditioning in the summer will have to be turned off or rationed. Without gas and coal plants, hospitals, schools, the Internet, construction projects and factories will be routinely shut down when unreliable alternative energy sources like wind and solar power aren't delivering enough juice. Upward of 60% of America's electric power generation will go away, and soon. Coal still pro provides roughly 20% of our electric power, and natural gas supplies around 40%. What will make up for this lost power, especially given that our demands on the power grid are only going to multiply over the coming years as the Greens want the entire network of cars, trucks, and vans to be powered by charging up on the electric grid? Well, the Biden administration, in other words, wants to nearly double the demands on the electric grid network at the same time it wants to shut down more than half the nation's power generation and the most reliable sources at that. <laughs> so their plans are to force us all into driving electric cars and then cut 60% of our production cap capacity for electricity. That is the stupidity of politicians. And we'll leave it at that. Have a great day. Happy Festivus. We never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead. You ain't going crazy. It's all in your head.